Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard? Wagwan World. It's Miles Xavier Morales. And the new Spider-Man is fire. All right? That's what I keep hearing. That's what I keep hearing. Everybody says that's the best movie that they... uh, 10 out of 10, across the board. Fire. All right? So know that. Know that the vulnerable are powerful. Know that the most gangster thing you could do is serve. And know that the second most gangster thing that you could do is tune into the All The Way Live podcast. That's what this is. Every week, we dedicate ourselves to coming to this here platform, to this here show, for the sole purpose of being a space of positivity for people, bro. The whole reason we do this is because we know people are going through it right? Whether it's family issues, whether it's health issues, times are crazy at the moment. And if, if even if we can be just a second of positivity and give people some dope information through some carefully curated content for their craniums, then we would have done our job. And we do that every single week over here, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the way we do that is by way of Exeter. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, Exeter by way of Johannesburg is in the building for show for show on my brother's side. Appreciate you over there studying your masters, inspiring all of us on the academic side. Shout out to all the students. Shout out to all the future students. Shout out to all the teachers, right? Shout out to all the teachers in Chicago. We know it's going through it in CPS, man. Chicago is for show, for show in the building. That means that this podcast is recorded on stolen land. This land here in Chicago was cared for by the Potawatomi people, the Council of the Three Fires, and the violence done to remove them from this land is inseparable from the state that we find this city in, this country in, and this world in. So we lift up that history. We lift up love for indigenous people the world over. We lift up love for black and brown people the world over. Intro over. We're going to get into quite a show today, man. Tell them why. Hey, man. Today is going to be super, super, super fun, super special for us. This is a conversation that we've been prepping for for a while. We're going to go in with the guest. Um, I believe if Miles can allow us some holiday time, maybe we'll see if we take a, a week off or, or two weeks off. But more than anything, man, as the year wraps up, we do want to share so much appreciation for the conversations that we get to have outside of this, outside of the show. You know, like um, even if it's a few people, whatever the case is, it's dope to to get some feedback on some things that we have said, getting checked. So this whole year, 61, 61 episodes, man, you know, this is, it's, it's a bit of a milestone. And so we wanted to do something special and bring in a guest for today's show. That's right, man. And what a guest we got. What what a what a treat y'all are in for. Matter of fact, the gifts keep on coming. This podcast is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm going to dub us that, especially in this Christmas season. And we delivering on that with this guest, man. He is he is somebody who has uh, 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 has has led me. You know, I've, I've learned from this person, right? This is one of my OGs, if you will, right? Along with you, along with you, my boy's way. But, definitely, uh, since, definitely. Since you, since you um, met this man first, since, uh, since it was your idea to, to bring him on the show, I'm gonna let you go on ahead and, uh, and click on in Mr. Dr. William Dackel. Let's, let's bring our man in. Kids official sliding on the instrumental Nordic combos, twisted mental like forbidden jitsu's. My clicks initial. 
drink boots, not beer. Our brother will deckle. Um, you know, there's so many. We 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 spoke behind the scenes, and you said that we should describe you live on air. You know, in terms of who you are. To me, I consider you a health expert. I, I definitely would consider you a health expert, a longtime health expert, uh, someone that I look up to in terms of exercising, nutrition. Also, my my best friend for a very long time. So this is uh, particularly exciting for me. Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Well, well, thank you, guys. Yeah, I just want to first off and say thank you so much to having me, to inviting me, and it's been... Um, really really gratifying to watch you guys do what you do 61 episodes in and uh from the bottom of my heart i'm very very proud of both you guys this is very cool uh we appreciate you we appreciate you taking time especially during the holiday season you know what i'm saying i know everybody's trying to wrap up work connect with family so thank you for for making the time to connect with uh the live house family and, and live nation uh Zoe, where do we start man where do we even start with this I mean, you know, I think the, the the funny conversation that Miles we had was when I said we'd love to get Will. You know, Will is my health expert, someone that I look up to. Um, like, I, I really do look up to in terms of someone that that's leading and exercising and trying introducing different ways of nutrition. Miles was like, I don't work out, and Miles says, you know, uh, as long as I can keep my man titties away. I'm happy, right? So I think yeah, the, the best place to start, Will, is if you can just introduce yourself and the journey that you've had with uh, health, fitness, um, in, in no constraints whatsoever, um, but also just sharing some information to people that potentially want to be start becoming healthy, people that want to maybe start exercising, getting active, and tapping into that wealth of information you have about the, the right way to go about living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I've always been into fitness from a exercise perspective. I longtime basketball player and weightlifter. Those are my two main things. I also got certified to teach yoga five or six years ago. So yoga has definitely been in the mix. Um, and miles, there's many ways to be healthy. You don't have to go to the gym to get your, your exercise and fitness in, but, um, is you can hike and walk. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah, I would say, you know, I've always been interested in exercise, but I think my, I would say my real fitness journey started uh, towards the end of uh, college and the beginning of that, that kind of transitionary period after it, because that's when I realized that I was an addict and I had to get sober. And ever since then, I've approached fitness from a much, I would like to think of much more well-rounded perspective. So my my Instagram is drink booch, not beer, because that's fun. That stands for kombucha. But the YouTube channel is Fitness Three Ways, and I try and do my take on three overall aspects of fitness. So there's the mental, the physical, and then the spiritual. Um, and I, I think that spiritual component was what was really lacking. And I think to have the mental and the physical component be you know, as robust as they can be, I, you know, I, I don't think anyone can skip the spiritual component. And that doesn't mean you have to meditate on a cliff. That doesn't mean you have to be one type of religion. Um, but I do think that, you know, even even just community building and being part of something like like a community or an activity like a podcast, I think can be really spiritually gratifying. But I think that, um, you know, a well-rounded perspective is is the only way to be really, truly happy and healthy. Um, but with that said, you know, I've, I've just been, I've been, you know, bodybuilding is, is my main thing, but I've always tried to even approach that 
um, from from a longevity perspective, which is why I got into yoga and it's why I started stretching and I started doing research into, into you know what supplements will be good, not just to put on muscle, but to, to make me look good and feel good for, for the long term. Yeah. Well, you look good. I'll, I'll give you that definitely. one. You look good. He definitely you looks look good. good. Listen, man, and he's not afraid to show it off, too. The good thing about the technology that we use at this show is that we can show my brother out here looking all sorts of good right here, executing a very difficult pose. Now, listen, if you don't do yoga, you don't know how difficult this is. This man has his palm on the floor. Incredible. What does, so, what does it take? Um, and thank you for, for introducing that element of spirituality and health. And forgive me if I have a lot of questions, you know, because I I, I generally do come into this convo with so much um, uh, specific things that, I, that I'd like to get from you as somebody who follows your health journey and somebody who follows uh, Drink Booch Not Beer. Um, where, touching on spirituality and health, where would you say those two things um, you see are, are at, interact at, the, at, at their most compatible, if you will, in spirituality and health? Well, I think there's there's many, many different ways. I think any really vigorous exercise can have a, an aspect of meditation. Like I just watched um, The Alpinist, which is a great documentary, but it's a, it's about a climber. And he talks about how, you know, when you're climbing, especially free soloing, I don't do that. But it forces you into the moment, you know, one wrong move and you die. Basketball to a much lesser degree is also like that. You know, when you're doing 15 different things physically and you're trying to keep track of who's guarding who and you're trying to dribble and you're trying to finish, you know, you can't really be thinking about what's going on in your work or in your relationship. So I think to, to some degree, any vigorous activity has that kind of meditative component. But I think um, for me, it started with yoga um, because yoga is slow enough where you can let your mind wander, but it's vigorous enough that you can also, without too much difficulty or even too much you know, experience, you can use that opportunity to be in a pose and bring your mind back to the present, bring your mind back to breathing. So I think a really good example of that is yoga. And you know, you don't have to be a yogi, you can just stretch. But I'm, I'm a fan of yoga because it's, it's, a, it's a movement-based stretching. So, you know, sitting on the floor and stretching is great. But I think you, not only do you get more out of it physically um, by, by the, the mobile component, but you also get a little bit more spiritual because you are, you're connecting with people if you're in a class or you're, you're kind of incorporating, focusing on the breath and tying that into movement. So I think yoga yeah. is a good starting point for that. For sure, for sure. And Will, you alluded to kind of um, the flow state that you can kind of get into right during different like athletic and physical activities. Uh, having had the honor of hooping with you more than a few times, I feel like we've I've, I've gotten to see you in that in that flow state. It's a beautiful thing to to witness. Like we got to get you got to get a, a courtside camera going so that we you can add the, some of those some of those mixtape moves to the Instagram. I've got a, I've got a few uh, a few videos of me dunking, but yeah, I haven't set up the tripod on the court yet. <laughs> so in the hierarchy of like uh, those kind of activities, right? Those those loves from from hoop into look at that man, that's beautiful. For the audio audience, my man just 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 posterized uh, nobody, but it's a great video, you know. <laughs> it's a it's, it's a, a great video, dude. I don't it, it's a it's a really cool looking video, and I remember when I saw it, I think I called you. And I was like, "Hey, buddy, uh, uh, what what are you doing? <laughs> How do you get there?" <laughs> word, word. Look at the ups, though. Yeah, no, that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, 
And yeah, man, I think so. Um, so amongst from basketball, which you which you clearly got some skill at and and have some love for and yoga, uh, straight up weightlifting, uh, different areas of cardio. Is there a hierarchy of those or is it like a lateral love for all those different areas? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, I, I love the word flow here because ball is life, <laughs> you know, <Word>. like it's cliche, <laughs> but ball is life. But, you know, when I'm on the road and I'm in a place because I travel a lot for work, when I'm on the road and I can't find a good run, you know, lifting definitely takes priority. Um, but when I think about, you know, planning my, you know, one or two times a year big vacation, like we were just in Yosemite for Thanksgiving, hiking and seeing natural wonder and incorporating that into some sort of physical movement, that takes priority. So it definitely differs on the day. But I think one of the things that's really helped me is regardless of whether it's basketball, yoga, hiking, weightlifting, movement movement preferably with my fellow humans preferably with people like you or my family or my fiance movement really is just key um I, I think that there's something to be said for sitting still and meditating but stagnation is really is really the enemy for for me and, and my mindset and i think for a lot of people you know we have you know in the states we have a, a we're one of the lowest in the quote-unquote developed country for for life expectancy and it's because we deal with a lot of obesity and i think you know i think that could be fixed or at least partially fixed by just getting up and moving and you know finding whatever whatever type of movement calls you word yeah. and they, and they actually say that the amount of time that you need to be moving to have a, a healthy lifestyle is it's not as as wide of a number as people usually think i believe it's 10 minutes of a heightened uh cardio rest rate your your heart heart rate right 10 minutes of that which is just skipping running something to start you off um like that because sometimes people might look at someone like will uh, who's you know jacked to the nines and think to themselves okay that's either going to take um i'm either gonna have to take supplements to be able to get there or i'm gonna have to you know get there within a week or just have a, a very delusion amount of time of what it takes but you know your journey will has been of a step-by-step -step, um process of refining your body and understanding your body from and and i asked this question because something that was asked to me to ask to you is if somebody is starting out with working out and they are starting out by going to the gym what um are some very basic even workouts that you can start with or what's the the mindset what what is integral to beginning a healthy step into gym life yeah, it's a really good question. I would say um, it, there's a really good analogy to food. Like, let's say you're trying to get into fitness and you don't know what to eat. Start exploring healthy options or low calorie options all across the board and find what you like, what's palatable, that is satiating, that you like. And I think similarly in the gym, or it doesn't even have to be in the gym, right? Anything that gets your heart rate up, find what you like. So go, go for a hike, go for a run, try to go for a bike or, you know, try out a bunch of different stuff, try whatever tastes good physically in your body. Cause really all you're trying to find is something that you actually enjoy doing, right? We, we are, we are creatures that evolved to have dopamine released when we have exercise, right? So whatever you are going to find that you like, 
go find it, you know? And, and so I, I personally like weightlifting. I've been doing it for a long time. So I've gotten relatively good at it. So I find, you know, I get the gains and I really enjoy that, but there's a lot of people that like hit, hit cardio, you know, you can get a really good workout in, in 15, 20 minutes and you get your heart rate way up. Um, and those are some of the classic ones, but you know, pickleball is becoming really, really popular. Tennis is something that I've been trying to pick up. I suck at it, but like, it's a lot of fun and you can do that with, you know, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter how, how old or tall. Um, so my answer to that is just, you know, have kind of a, an open mind and just go see what, you know, throw some crap up on the wall and see what sticks, you know? I love it. He said pickleball. I, I, I don't know if you caught that. I don't know I heard, what pickleball is, though. <laughs> I, I heard tennis as well. And I think these might be short sports that he's picking for the shorts. You know, that's my take. But... <laughs> <laughs> but as somebody who's been like uh on like the periphery right like who's been like seriously considering like taking working out more seriously for the past like 17 years right like, <laughs> like i've been on that bird right like i could see myself doing it right um something you both kind of alluded to is that like you don't have to necessarily be in the gym uh, but i've also heard when it comes specifically to like lifting that like home weights are for people who want to promise themselves that they'll work out, but not do it. And what's your take on, what's your take on like with lifting, like the need for what is that? What are the advantages of like going to the gym versus like building your own workout situation at home? Yeah. So I'll say the, the first most important thing is finding whatever you're going to stick with. Like I said, so consistency, um, home weights are really, really good for, you know, let's say you have a demanding job and you don't have much free time. If you're going to stick with it, you can get, you know, there's hundreds of YouTube videos. I could probably make some, but there's, you know, you don't need heavy dumbbells, kettlebells, lightweight dumbbells, and you can get a great workout in. So at home is really good for convenience. It's also really good for your, for your wallet, because you probably spend, you know, however much you spend on those dumbbells and then it's free YouTube videos and, and you're good. The I've always liked the gym because there's always a bigger fish. So no matter how jacked I get or I want to get, there's always going to be somebody there that I can look at and say, that's that's a goal right there. You also have, just have the, the aspect of other people around you motivating you, working hard. Um, and then you also have um, way more options at the gym. Unless you're Elon and you can afford to have every piece of equipment in a, in a giant garage, I can't do that. Most people can't do that. When you go to the gym, it has virtually everything you need and then some, right? Like you know, what's it called? Racquetball, like racquetball is at the gym. I've never played racquetball in my life, but if I wanted to, it's there. You know, I don't really swim anymore. Swimming is one of the best exercises for longevity and everything really. But if I wanted to get back into swimming, there's a pool there. So, uh, it, but it does cost money. You know, there's a lot of gyms now that are, you know, 15, 20 bucks a month, like Planet Fitness and stuff. There's also some bougie gyms that are a hundred and, you know, a hundred, whatever, how many dollars a month. So, um, it depends what you're looking for. I think if you're starting off, I think the idea of a gym membership is a great idea because you're at least making that financial commitment. So you're saying, okay, I'm going to pay X amount of dollars a month. I don't want to waste that, you know? So let me, let me go do it. And then I, I also, I think personal trainers are a really good idea at the beginning too, because it's another added component. Like if you don't go to the gym by yourself, you're just letting yourself down, but you skip a $70, training session you're letting that person down you're charging yourself money that you're not doing anything for so i really like the idea of accountability however that manifests dope and they got little situations now where you can like that that lean into that where you like you you put it down like 500 dollars or something like that and you get like 250 back if you stick with it a certain amount of days or something like that i've heard so there's options man that's cool 
That's what's I up. haven't heard that one, but that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your situation look sound? It sounds like you go to the gym. What's your what's your regimen? Are you waking up crack of dawn? You know what I'm saying? First guy when they open it up the doors, you there with them like, what's up, Bob? About to hit it. <laughs> the usual. <laughs> what's your what's your situation? Because I know you move around a lot too. And so how does that how does that interrupt and and how do you work out your your regimen? Yeah, well, I will say um, if you're starting out at the gym, not traveling is probably ideal. It's um, I've been doing it so long that it's just kind of part of my routine, and I'm actually looking to to travel less. Um, but yeah, I plan my day around you know my my, my health comes first, my, my overall health, but that doesn't mean I have to work out every single day. So really, what comes first is is my job. It, you know, I can't I can't go to the gym in place of a job. So I, you know, if I'm on if I'm on the road like I was last week, right. I have to be there nine to five. So I'll usually go to the gym beforehand. But if sometimes I have to come in, we're opening up a store and I got to be there at 730, then I'll go to the gym, you know, later. Um, so my my routine is I find the time of the day that I can go and I kind of I just do it by the week, right? I don't lift every single day. You should if you're working out hard, you should take at least one day off or just do it like called an active rest, maybe some light yoga. But you know, I don't have a great answer to that question because I I prioritize the gym but that doesn't mean that it's at the same time every single day so got you got you one of the one of the cool things will that i got to enjoy especially in our early stage of working out together because i could i you you introduced me to the gym right so i i like to think of myself as, as one of your first students but what was interesting um going in is your attention to detail in terms of the fundamentals right and in terms of what it looks like to lift smart as opposed to ego lifting um granted you know we we're watching you do some of these uh we got the the youtube in the back of you doing some of these exercises and you definitely you definitely have more discipline now i know back in the earlier days we wouldn't mind throwing around you know heavy weights just for the hell of it but just in terms of um smart working out and also introducing of the diversity of the different ways you can work out. That was one thing that I really did pick up from you is being able to understand that your gym regimen, what you're doing now does not mean that's the only way to work out. You can make anything else work out. You try different things, go up in body size, go down in body size. Um, as, as, uh, as, as now speaking for the people that are within the gym system, right? What are some of the new workouts that you're incorporating into your process now and uh what what type of exercising are you doing essentially yeah good question so um i think the the most important thing to remember is is don't fix what ain't broken so i think the compound lifts i don't i don't do many new lifts every now and again um i'll see a different way to hit the same muscle from a different angle maybe or just a, a different machine but really like because when i personal train people i say we're going to start with the fundamentals that's the compound lifts so that's your squat your overhead press your bench your row your pull up and your deadlift right so you your back your chest your legs and your core um and the compound lifts for people who might not know is when it's a, it's not an isolated lift. So bicep curl, when the only thing that's moving is your arms, so you're focusing on the bicep, that's an isolation lift. Whereas a pull-up, if I'm here and I pull up, I'm using my lats, I'm using my rear delts, I'm using my biceps. So a compound lift means multiple different body parts incorporated into the same lift. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's more functional usually, but it definitely is um, more taxing on the body because you're using all these different muscle groups to, to, to do one movement. So I, I think, you know, 
like there's been times where I'm really, really busy on the road and I can only get to the gym twice a week and I'll do a full body workout. So I'll squat, do some pull-ups, do some bench, do some overhead press, do some deadlifts, you know, five exercises and you hit every single body part except for maybe your calves. And that's a great workout. You know, there's, there's no reason to make it more complicated than that if you don't have the time to. Mm. So what, uh, so like, yeah, speaking of like overcomplicating things and maybe some of these newfangled workouts, that's just maybe fads, right? What are some things that people get wrong at the gym, especially when they first go? Uh, what are some things that you like are, uh, even like in that space, you know, different spaces, the gym has its own etiquette, right? What are some things on the etiquette side and on the like form and, and fitness side that people get wrong? Yeah. So probably the, but one of the one of the worst ones is you know you hear the term leave your pride at the door leave your ego at the door um people people try to do too much weight too quick um and that ties into the second one which is they don't have the proper form and it differs for everything um but it's really and that's a really really good reason to get a personal trainer at the beginning because you don't know what you don't know so if you're squatting and the bar is too high on your back and it's hurting your neck and you're dumping into your 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 abs and your legs and you're going way there's all all certain like every every lift has its own proper form and if you don't do that it's very easy to get hurt deadlifts are a very very safe lift if you're doing them right they're a very very dangerous lift if you don't do them right so you know learning how to do the proper form and this is easy on youtube you just look you just look it up but i think it's easier and best to do it with somebody who knows like a personal trainer. So making sure you have the proper form and, and that's different for every single lift. Um, and then the other thing is people don't put the weights back, man. That, that's one of the etiquette things that just kind of bugs me, you know, like either you put that. them back in the wrong place or you, you, you leave the bench and, and you got your, your weights on either side, you know, that's just kind of a, it, it's like not putting the cart back at the grocery store. It's just, it's just common courtesy. So um, I see a lot of that. Heathens. Also, don't approach women. Don't approach women at the gym. Don't don't comment on their workout. Don't comment on their that their form. Don't go up and be unnecessarily helpful. I see Will, you shaking your head, and maybe we done stumbled on a controversial topic here. But I just think keep your opinions to yourself. If someone's doing it wrong, let them do it wrong. Oh it, yes. Well, that yeah. Oh God. At least once a workout, I want to go up to somebody just because they're about to get hurt or they look like they're about to get hurt. But yeah, don't do that. As far as women go, I think it's like any aspect of life. If you go up to them politely and respectfully, and you know you don't make them stop their set and, tie, and pause their music and all, and you're just like, hey, you, you know, there's a way to do it that I think is respectful. But you're right. If you see somebody doing the wrong form, you don't want to be that guy. You know, don't be that guy. <laughs> just Poor pat girl. him on the butt and keep him moving yeah <laughs> do not pat run don't do that i do not recommend it um, for uh, one of the Yo. cool things will go ahead mouse no you got it you got it i was gonna get into some deep waters i was gonna get into some deep waters you know i know like but, like under uh, the skin some under the skin type of things <laughs> i know what you had uh just in case uh, i cut a question off of yours mouse uh, just wrapping up kind of on like the workout tip. I just wanted to know what was the what was the like impetus for the transition when you were like, all right, I do this. This is part of my routine. This is part of my life. But now I want to record it and share it. Hey, Will. Great question. Yeah. Um, hey, hang on one second. Yeah, Grandpa. Okay. <laughs> I think my mom <laughs> nice. just told him I'm on live. What I'm up? Shout out to Grandpa yeah. Will. Yeah, Tell them that, they, can, that, they can tune in. 
<laughs> you know, if anyone else would interrupt the live, but we got a 91 year old Korean war vet. So I'm like, oh, yes, grandpa. yeah, yeah. He's, he's a real one. Yeah. Wow. He's a real one. This is a family oh. show. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you were, you were asking. Yeah, I was just saying, um, clearly there's a lot of content now as we see what I'm <laughs> seeing right here. Uh, and uh, I was just wondering what the impetus, like what made you want to like make that transition from like working out as a part of my life as something that keeps me healthy mentally and physically uh, to being wanting to like record it and share it more with, with, with folks. Yeah, that's a great question. I actually, I had probably two years of people suggesting that I do an Instagram or, or a fitness account, YouTube, whatever. And I didn't like it. I, I, I thought it was a little too navel gazy. I thought it was a little self-serving. I didn't want to be like, look at me. Um, but after at a certain point, I realized, you know, it doesn't have to be just all showing off. And so what I, what I, what my thought process was is, okay, I want people to take me seriously, right? You don't want to listen. Like I had a basketball coach who couldn't make a layup. Like, why would I listen to him? So I did want to have a little bit of the, you know, okay, yeah, I can put up hundreds on bench and here's my deadlift. And I wanted some stuff so people can take me seriously. But the real motivation was to transition to YouTube. Um, and I've already started doing this, but it's, I have this passion for health and fitness. And I wanted to dive in deeper and, and just learn something new and to have something new in my life. So there, at no point do I expect for this to blow up and for me to become a YouTuber and to make cash off of it. But the real goal was like, okay, I just wanted to dive into certain topics, you know, like the spirituality component. Like I really wanted to dive into that and see, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I get a lot of my spirituality from AA. But what else is there? You know, I, I really wanted to dive into to pre-workout supplements because, okay, I know caffeine and beta alanine, but what, what really is in these? What's healthy? What's not? What's a good price point? So I just wanted to kind of do a deep dive into this field. And if somebody else learns something along the way or gets some enjoyment out of my videos, great. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. As somebody who is just trying, it's just so close to really embarking on this on this endeavor i i know that knowing that i can turn to one of the homies uh for content that can that can educate me and keep me on the on the healthy path is is, is a beautiful thing so this was remember y'all asked for this all right that's that's why he did it people was calling for it so everything you see is a result we asked for it apparently miles's <laughs> problem is that he has pretty privilege that's not, really. my, that's not that's not my words but you know miles just give it give it another 17 years you might be ready and I'll get there. That's right. <laughs> um, diving into the the spirituality element of it, and I find it very, I, I find it very cool to watch your evolution into someone who's um, who's who's so conscious, right? Beyond just uh, being health health and food conscious, but being uh, spiritually conscious as well, and challenging yourself to understand, um, you know, who we are at that level. And you mentioned AA. My first AA experience was going with you to an AA meeting, and they there is heavy touch on um, spirituality um, through AA. So I'm, I'm I'm real interested in in you saying that you've you've you want to dive deeper into that realm. What does that look like um, to you in practice, and how does that show itself in now the content that you're curating? Yeah, so um, I'll work backwards. The content, I, I put out a video about AA just because my my experience from an outside perspective is you just have the movies where they sit in a dingy basement and smoke cigarettes. And 
I wanted people to know that there's a lot more to it than that. And, um, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of questions about, you know, like my dad is like, why don't you just stop drinking? And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be an alcoholic if I could do that, you know. <laughs> that is the conundrum. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if y'all have ever seen Brink, the Disney movie, when he's like, just skate better. It's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Nike, just do it. Yeah. Um, so as far as content, I just wanted to shed a little light um, from my experience. And, you know, there are dingy basement meetings, but, you know, I go to a meeting out in the park underneath this beautiful tree in San Diego. And so it's a very different uh, type of meeting than than you might see if you just have a AA experience from the movies. Um, and what it looks like in my life, you know, right now, I you know, I'm going to take this as kind of a reminder to get back into meditation. Um, I have gotten into prayer. So the 11th step in AA talks about we sought through prayer and meditation to to basically use these steps in our life and so you know we can talk about god if you want i'm not a religious person i never have been i used to be vehemently anti-monotheism um i've since kind of walked that back and been like eh, maybe it's not my place to judge people you know um but i i don't know what i pray to but i i do firmly believe that there's something bigger than me and that trying to cultivate a connection with that is is, is an integral and important part of life um, so meditation is part of that moving. Med- I think there's many different types of meditation. I think like we talked about yoga and fitness can be meditative, but I don't think anything can be a true substitute for sitting quietly with yourself. And there's a million different ways of meditating by sitting quietly. I made a, a quick video on it, but you know, I, I try to just sit for a few minutes and just breathe. And just when a thought arises, let it go. Um, I also think a lot of spirituality is, you know, um, Johan Hari wrote a book called Chasing the Scream. And, and I think it's a little reductive to put it like this. But his whole idea was that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And again, I think I, don't, I think it's a little bit of an oversimplification, but I love that. I love that. Um, so, you know, what one of the mean? things that. I, right, exactly. Well, one of the things that addicts really, really lack or are looking for is connection. I think it's interpersonal mostly but i also think there's a spiritual connection that that i just talked about with something bigger than myself feeling like i am not the author i might be the author but i'm i'm not holding the pen per se like i'm i might be like the vessel but i'm i don't i'm not i'm not the play director i'm just an actor you know i'm just trying to follow my part and if i follow the part to the you know the next indicated right step then things will go better and and it's um relieves some stress um, but i think connecting with something bigger and connecting with people and focusing on those connections and trying to be humble and trying not to assume and trying to put you know other people's wants and needs and perspectives first is also a spiritual practice and that that's something that i think a lot of a lot of addicts myself especially lost in our addiction well mr deckel sir there's a there's a lot of reasons that we're friends and i think the the curiosity that you have um, for things outside of yourself, for 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 life, right? Um, for discovery and that humility are are big parts of why we're all connected. Um, speaking of connections, right? I'm remiss, and I and I think it was just my excitement for kicking this thing off and getting into conversation with Will. What I really meant to say at the intro, right, was that Will is the reason that Zway and I are connected, right? I think that's important lore, right? Backstory, history, archival information for the podcast is that Will is the reason that uh, Zway and I met. 
who wants to take that story? Will you want to you want to give it to him? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so me and Zway met because I was on the wrong bus and <laughs> we were talking about weed. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> that bus and is a metaphor, all- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but me, Zway and I were, were soulmates, per se, for, for a year. And, and Mr. Miles, we were over at our friends at Sigma Nu at University of Illinois, and we were rapping, as, as we did a lot back then. I, I kind of missed that. And we were freestyling, and um, you, there was just a circle of people, and the other half that I, were on that side, I didn't know, and you were one of them. And I, I went, and then you went, and I go, that was not a freestyle. Bullshit. But that was some of the dopest stuff I've ever heard. <laughs> you got to meet my boy's way. And so, like, the next night, we all got into a car and started freestyling, and um, as I said, the rest is history. It, yes, it quite is. That's over. Uh, that's close to a decade now. You know, a decade ago yeah. that that story that that story happened. That's crazy. And um, you know, we'll actually if you if you trace back the the, the friendship trees because now we've all have been friends for a long time. Uh, in the middle days, Will and Freddie. You know, two people. Uh, and shout out to Freddie. Two people that really are the what I would say the connecting strings between our our very wide group of friends. So that that is pretty cool. And um. In, in the spirit of, of appreciation, well, I think what's so compelling about what you're doing from the health perspective is the fact that you are an addict, right? And I've learned that you don't say somebody was an addict because clearly that's something that you carry with you for a long time. And, and the practice of it is one of um, meticulous consciousness of where the closest AA meetings are and does the city that you're going to have places where you can have these sorts of connections like like you say so to say somebody was an addict would dismiss how hard addicts have to work in order to not fall back into their into their into their addict ways and I think when you look at uh, where we are right now in terms of just what's happening with addiction across the board just just pure addiction across the board you you kind of don't even want to ask the question be like say something to lift up the addicts will but it's just like um what's uh you know just taking into just (laughs) understanding that there is a high level of addiction into this and you're somebody that struggles with it but um continues to persevere to the healthiest form of yourself um what's some gems that you can drop around uh, around that yeah so a couple things um first of all you can never get somebody ready you can try you can offer them support and i would offer them support and love and connection but until they're ready to say i have a problem i am an addict or an alcoholic you can't force readiness upon them and that is a crucial piece because a lot of people around them will get dragged down into that because they want to control the addict and they and they just can't and the really tragic thing is sometimes they won't get ready and then they'll die but I think one of the reasons that I'm here today and I haven't had a drink of alcohol in, you know, almost four years is because I had the love and support so that when I was in my dark place, I was able to reach out to, to you guys. I mean, we went, we sat through one intervention. I wasn't ready then, but I remember that. And when I, when I, you know, thank God that I was able to go to rehab and go to sober living. Um, one thing that I really do want to want to dimension, and this is controversial, but I also think, it's really important to talk about. So what do we do with the crisis? 
there's so many things. I think we need to we need to focus more on the connection. I think we need to, to look at addicts as sick people and not criminals. But it's a blurry line because you can have somebody that is also a criminal, right? Like a drug dealer who's using is is a criminal. I think that they I think drug dealers, especially in bulk with fentanyl and stuff, do deserve to be prosecuted. But single use, I don't think. So the controversial idea is. You know, in Portugal in 2000, they had the highest rate of overdose uh, overdose deaths in Western Europe, and they decided to do something about that. And so they took literally all the funds that they were using to prosecute single-use drug users and restructured their system so that they would not go to jail, but they would be treated as sick individuals. And so they actually decriminalized drugs, not to sell, but for use, and then their overdose death rate plummeted. And within a couple of years, they had way less drug use on the whole. And so people here decriminalize and they think, oh my gosh, well, of course we don't want to promote people using drugs, but this is not legalized. We're not going to be selling heroin at Walgreens, right? But I think that A, people are going to use, the war on drugs has been an utter fail. It, it came from a good place. People met well, but it, every single year over year, we've had more drug use and more drug deaths. So it's a fail. Just say no was a fail. So what do we do? In a real world, we'd say just say no and everything is, is golden. Great. That's not that's not the case. What I think we need to do is we need to be realistic and look at it. And I think Portland actually took a really good step. We we don't want to promote drug use. We have to accept that people are going to use drugs whether we like it or not. So making sure those drugs are clean and pure and they're not adulterated, or you know, if you are trying to if you're a heroin addict, it's not cut with fentanyl, which can be lethal. I think making sure people have Narcan training so that they can resuscitate someone if they are overdosing on opioids. I think the biggest thing is we need to restructure our, our legal system. And I think we, I believe the best way forward is to decriminalize drugs and make sure that we look at people that are using drugs as sick people, get them the connection and the support they need to change their lives if they're ready. Now, that does not mean that we don't prosecute drug dealers. I think if you are selling drugs, lethal drugs like fentanyl, you, you you are still a criminal, but um, in Canada they have what's called safe injection sites. And so you go and you get pure heroin, and you do it in front of medical personnel. And if you overdose, they've had zero overdose deaths since they've done this. Zero. Wow. If you overdose, there's somebody there to, to to resuscitate you. And then you also, while you're there, either getting resuscitated or you're about to get high or high, you have like a lot of options to get sober. You have medical people there. You have other sober people that are trying to spread the message. You have you have resources that can try to help you turn your life around. And it's not perfect. Portugal still has some, you know, heroin users, but they're actually, I think the last time I checked, they're at like the bottom 2% of heroin users, not just heroin deaths in Western Europe. They were the number one overdose death by percentage in 2000. So wow. clearly something that they're doing is correct. You have to take all the funds that you were using to prosecute those people and redirect them towards trying to get people the help that they need and not looking at them as criminals. When uh, when you're like, I'm going to say something controversial, I had no idea what was coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But it's 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 actually beautiful because. What you said echoes so much of what we like a recurring theme on this podcast is that so many of the systems that we look to uh, that people's that have people's lives in their hands, right, uh, often are doing way too many jobs. And there's this other system over here that's people centric that we can funnel resources to. But it, there's a mindset shift that needs to happen. Right. Because I think for a lot of people, what you just um, 
described as all well and good until it's my tax dollars paying for it. Right. And I think it's hard to to get people's minds to shift to the place where we're so concerned about taking care of people that we can have the nuance to explain why something like clean inject, like tax dollars going towards a situation where somebody can do drugs is beneficial. And I think there's a lot of, I don't want to spend my money that prevents us to getting to that nuance, right? Especially on that. Uh, people have a hard time, I think, mm-hmm. extending that empathy to situations that they don't feel like will ever apply to them. It's yeah. a, a great objection, but the reality is, in the long run, it's going to be cheaper to spend money that way because it costs, what, I think, some somewhere around $35,000 a year at, at the minimum to house somebody in a, in a federal prison. It costs how much money to send an ambulance to resuscitate people. It costs how much money to take care of the homeless that are using. I mean, the reality is we're already spending that money, and it's not working. Yeah. I mean, that's just yeah. the reality. So listen, you know, Will's gonna join the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Listen, you're preaching the, the, the all the way live gospel right now. You're talking about the, the decentralization of monies in order to free up uh in order to free the prisons. <laughs> well, you know, the, the third host is here now. <laughs> yeah, word, word. No, uh, we agree with that deeply, man. We we agree with that um so deeply. And it's particularly interesting in the US because of the prison industrial complex. Right, which is something that you really can't get away from because as the structure is right now, it is for profit, right? The prison system is is built for profit. So even when you say that $35,000 a year to house a prisoner, that's a number that's been shaved down as fine as it can get in order to reduce expenses, in order to increase profits. So uh, like Miles says, man, I we, we highly believe that we're at the precipice of a new consciousness when it comes to spending, when it comes to consumer economics. Um, And the message that we try to spread, man, is that you have the power, is that we all just really need to direct our cash into the things that we care about and watch those things grow and just make helping the new normal, you know? I mean, much like yourself, your whole whole, um, channel and content is around helping. That is another confirmation of the fact that we are all pretty much entering a new level of 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 of, of not empathy, empathy uh, in the in the new world. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, I, I hesitate to say this, but like, I am an example of someone who has changed. You know, I'm not perfect. I had a couple of relapses before I was able to, to to put down the stuff for good, but people can change. And I was use, I was a I was an addict. I am an addict. People who are in jail for single use are not always addicts. So it, it blows my mind that we have so many, especially black men in their young 20s to young 30s in jail for usage, not dealing, but usage of drugs, because it, it's just it's absurd to me because, yeah, they, they there has to be something done. We don't want people just on the street doing fentanyl. We don't want people on the street doing meth, but to put them in jail actually costs society more money. And as I'm sure you guys know, jail is not for rehabilitation. It's supposed to be, but really what jail is, it's a breeding ground for criminals. You can go in there as somebody who smokes weed and got caught, you're going to come out and you're more likely to A, go back to jail and B, to commit more crimes. And that's so backwards to me. So I think we really need to, you know, we don't live in a fairy tale world. We don't live in an ideal world. If we did, don't use drugs. Great. But the way that we're doing it right now, we're breeding more criminals. We have the highest rate of prison um, incarceration in the world. 
like yep. rates, not not just sheer numbers. We have the highest rate of incarceration in the world, and that that's it's it's just criminal to, to put it as a pun. It's so wrong. It's so wrong to mm. me. It's crazy. The, ir- the irony is is high with um with the fact that so many of us during COVID went indoors, and then we saw the spike in mental health um in mental health related issues, and then you look at you know what our confinements were for the better part a lot more for for you know for for people a lot easier than what jail situations would be and even if they weren't comfortable situations that speaks even more so to the conditions that people are staying in um that are causing them to have these sorts of uh these these sorts of mental health related issues so if you want to understand why putting people in cages what it does to the brain we just need to look at ourselves and how society pretty much has come out of being relatively confined well said fam well said and i think a question that we're like this country but countries across the world is are going to have to answer is what are what are we going to do with the people that in our collective conscious we are the most scared of and black people and addicts fall squarely into that category right so we'll figure it out this podcast specifically, the three of us, <laughs> we'll solve the world's problems. We got yeah, this. Well, luckily, I think I, I think there is, and it needs to go a lot further. But I think there is a. I can't speak to the to black experience, but I can speak to the attic experience. I think there's a huge shift in public perception. Um, I I can't think of a time where it's come out that I've said I'm an addict and that's why I don't drink, or I'm an alcoholic and that's why X, Y, or Z. I can't think of a time where somebody recoiled from me and. Mm. I mean, I'm sure they judged me, but most of the time it's, oh, wow, good for you, you know? Um, And so I, and I think, you know, I I, I can't think of it. Well, actually I can't, but not in the U.S., but I can't think of hardly any times where I, I've seen overt racism come out as disgust, you know, I'm sure it still happens, but I think we've come a long way in just our kind of gut level reaction to racism and to addiction. And we still have a long way to go. But I think the first step is, yeah opening our minds to the way we perceive people. And that second step or third step would be making policies to reflect that. Mm. Well said. I got some, if, if I, if I, if I may, well, what, what would you say to people whose family members, friends, um, partners are currently addicts, right? Sometimes the, there's a, there's a whole other reality of an, of an addict's life that are the people that have to care for that addict. Right. And the people that are impacted by, by uh, the, the addict's decision, um, what does what does being supportive or what's the right way to to engage and assist as somebody who's living with an addict in some capacity? It's mm, a great question. Yeah, I think the first the first thing I would say is go to Al-Anon. Al-Anon is a support group. It's actually a twelve step based group, but it's for people, loved ones, partners, etc. of of addicts and alcoholics, and um, I'll. Uh, I obviously can't <laughs> convey their entire message, but one of the things that they talk about is, yeah, we mentioned this earlier, but you can't control them. So you can't get them ready. You, you can't keep them sober and you can't get them messed up, right? That's not on you. So offer them support, I would say, doesn't look like money unless you actually believe that they're trying to get sober, but offer them love and offer them hugs and make them food, do stuff that will not enable them to keep using but will enable them to feel the connection that they're so longing for. Um, but the other thing is don't be afraid to cut them off. Um, if it gets really bad and they are stealing from you or if they are 
using you, sometimes the best thing you can do, and it's case by case, but sometimes the best thing you can do is just to say, I can't do this anymore until you make a change because you can't get them ready. But by removing something like a loved one's love, that's a, that might, that might help get them ready. That might be a wake up call, you know, but it's very case by case. Some people, they need, they need to get out of their system. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, I would say go to Al-Anon would be my biggest piece of advice and, and, and do those 12 steps. Fire, fire. Mm-hmm. This is actually, that, that actually inspired me, um, to think about something we're thinking about in like the, the community support like uh sector over here in Chicago is like, how do we support the supporters? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe I can reach out to some, some Al-Anon folks. Maybe there's like a local branch that I could talk to about like, yeah, just taking some of their best practices uh, to support folks like Zway who are trying to feed kids and bring them tech stuff. And he's tired all the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's a hard life. So how do we get support for the people who do, who do the supporting? So that's, you don't look tired. Useful. Hey man, listen, well, I don't look tired because uh, my co-host, like he says, when he says we're going to call the people at Al-Anon, at Al-Anon, he means he's going to talk to the higher ups. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of weight distribution of getting this uh this impact out man and um you know what what i'm so very proud of you for again if if i can just utilize this moment to appreciate somebody who is uh, a big influence in my health life um still to this day somebody that i look to i look up to in terms of what they're doing um I, i'll see you pushing with the with your with yoga and i'll be like man i need now i need to learn how to do a handstand you know and start uh going into handstand classes man so i i definitely do want to thank you um for for continuing to be that type of uh, that type of role model for for me and you know i really do think that we're able to, to dish out some pretty dope um information and content to to the people man I agree. I thoroughly, wholeheartedly agree. Um, but it is the holidays, and we 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 need to emphasize that more. We can't do a whole set so serious, you know what I'm saying? We've got to put some seasons greetings on it. So before we get up on out of here, I need to know one thing that each of y'all are gonna do for yourselves. Something that's gonna make you happy between now and the and the first of the year. I would guess first, please. Yeah. Um... So I, one of the one of the gifts of of sobriety and a, and a little and a little more spirituality is the fact that I enjoy giving gifts. And so my dad was really pushing me. We were, we were in Yosemite, and uh, the last time we were there eight years ago, I was just on one. I was running down the mountain and like writing a poem, waiting for him, running down, writing a poem. And it's one of my dad's favorite poems. And so when I should stop quieter in case he's upstairs. But one of my one of the things my dad kept saying is like, oh, you should please write another poem. And so I just act like I wasn't doing anything. But for Christmas, I wrote a poem and paired it. It's a dual frame, so it spins. So one side is a picture of all of us on the top of the waterfall, and the other side nice. is a picture of that poem. So I wrote him a poem and, and had it framed. And so that's my gift to my dad this year and my mom. That's heat. That's heat. Look how benevolent Willard. I asked Willard, what are you going to do? Something that's going to make you feel good. And it was him <laughs> giving a gift. If that's not the season, what the season's about, I don't know what it is. Zoe, what about you? Hey, man, I think I'm just going to drop the mixtape. Um, just gift the game. I'm going to gift the game with the mixtape. Y'all welcome. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> that's the that's the A1 stocking stuffer. I love it. It ain't coming. The mixtape ain't coming. Hey, um... Speak to speak to the people I care about as always. Use it as time to reflect. 
um, join some a, a good family. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to always be with good families. Will, your family is definitely one of those families for me. Miles, your family is definitely one of those families. Uh, be with a good family, break bread, and, and be appreciative. You king, you king Christmas though, Miles. You king Christmas. You know nobody Santa Claus is the way you do. Yeah, Southside Santa Claus is definitely in the building. Um, but what about you though, Miles? What are you gonna do? So yeah, I'm. I'm. So today, uh, as soon as I hop off of here with y'all, I'm going. We're gonna head out to the Burbs. We're gonna go to uh, this place called Papados for lunch. Fire, like Cajun seafood. They got one of those in the Burbs now. Yeah, that, yeah. Because that originated in Houston. Yeah, and it's and they got so many of them out there. But there's one. There used to be two, but there's one. It's out by Oak Brook. So we nice. gonna. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So we're gonna do that for lunch, and then we're gonna walk that off in IKEA. Uh, just like pick up some <laughs> extra stuff for like Christmas gifts. Uh, listening to Christmas carols the whole way, of course. Get some cocoa in there somewhere. Uh, and yeah, man, just drive around the burbs, see some of the Christmas lights at the big in the big suburbs. Uh, where they do them crazy. And um, just keep it rocking, man. Just keep it rocking. And I'm going to see you next week. We're going to link up. So I'm looking forward to that, man. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to to coming back to this space, but it might be a little wait. We might take a little break between now and the first of the year. So uh, for all of those who are listening, who, all of those who are watching, we appreciate all of the support. We appreciate all of the love. And we're going to come back with more hot, curated content for your cranium uh at the top of the year man but we gotta we gotta take a break we gotta do that self-care practice what we preach you know and it's only because we know oh yeah we know y'all could be anywhere doing anything you should be with your family but if you snuck off somewhere and you got your headphones in and your podcast and you're listening to us right now then we appreciate you tuning in to hazelnut tones chestnut tones and macadamia tones right you got the three for the day the trifecta the biggest big three in the game giving it to you all the way live during the celebration of celebrating the celebration of life the celebration of how good it feels to be christmas time don't it feel good that it's christmas time y'all love it i love both you guys very much and i'm very very grateful that you're in my life thank you oh man we appreciate you we appreciate y'all out there like that eat something delicious hug somebody you love peace Water, we gone. Yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, but is we live, though? Is we, like, all the way live, though? You heard?